Real World Podcast is a conversation to bridge the gap between baby boomers and millennials, and we don't pretend to be experts in any of the matters that we discuss. Hi, my name is Bobby, and I'm the mom, and I'm here generally uh, um, discussing things with my son, Brian, the boomer, but we also have a guest today. Wow. You say I'm a boomer? Did I say you're a boomer? Yes. Well, you know what? I'm old, so my you name know, is Brian. And I understand. He's a millennial, and I'm the this, boomer. This is the letter B prejudice. This you is just what needed happens. alliteration. How this dare you? This is what happens when mom hosts. You know, this is like you. I'm you so were old. you were doing fine until you called me a boomer, and then I just got out. It was hard to not laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I'm sorry, but I wanted to welcome Jared back. Jared was with us our last time, and he is back with this episode. Hey, everyone. I'm back again for part two. <laughs> part two. So yes. in our second part, we are going to be discussing white privilege. Yes. So effectively. And, and can I just say that I want to sure. thank you to Pam, who oh. recommended this. She asked that when we talked about racism, if we would talk about white privilege, because it was a new topic for her and frankly um it's new for me too like i never heard that term before mm-hmm. recently and so again i think it's one of those things that i just never had given any mind to so anyway yeah. i wanted to share that so i'm going to turn it over to brian though yeah thank you for sharing that and thank you pam for recommending this uh my original that kind of works out perfectly because my original idea was i wanted jared on and i wanted to have one discussion more focused on the black community and i mm-hmm. wanted to have more discussion focused on the white community yeah. and there's going to be overlap right mm-hmm, of course for sure. uh, this is really just like a two-hour conversation that we're splitting in half yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, Except so. Bobby kind of, you know, interjected her own things along the way. So, But, Sorry. I mean, you're a boomer. That's the whole point is what this would be the point of I this am. discussion if someone from an older generation than us wasn't involved? Right. If mm-hmm. only the people who are young, like how could we either learn or like what are some things have you witnessed or like how can we bridge that gap? Because it's not like yeah. you're in the minority here. There's plenty of people your age in this country. Well, and I wanted to share and I was actually, we just really ran out of time last time, but I was going to kind of end the podcast with, you know, um, we are creatures of our environment, right? And mm-hmm. so whether we've been segregated, not segregated, I really am thankful that my children and my grandchildren are growing up in California in the diversity of California because oh, I yeah. think they're um, they benefit from that. You oh, know, yeah. having grown up in Western Pennsylvania, and again, I know it's a different time, um, but you know, frankly, I still see racism more of an issue there when we go back there mm-hmm. than here because of the melting pot that we are, and so. Um, and I think also when I think to my parents and my grandparents, they've certainly even overtly um, expressed it. Uh, it was a different time and it was like culturally acceptable. It wasn't good, but it was like the norms for the time. And so one of my biggest frustrations that I've seen is how so many people have been dismissed uh one person i think specifically is paula dean who is a cooking person she's Mm -hmm. i don't know late 60s or something like that and she had a cooking show she was very popular and they found out that she used the n-word in the 60s and she was off basically and dismissed and honestly i just thought that was ridiculous because it's like i'm sorry but i heard a lot of people say that word in the 60s and it's like i don't think that in of itself would be a reason, and I think you alluded to that too when we were talking about politicians. And it's like you know, you kind of let go of 
the past, mm, right? Yeah. And so I think with this whole woke culture, um, the, there is this thing where we want to, and it started with the Me Too movement, um, where we want to just kind of go back to wherever and just like somebody could have had one bad transgression and we just want to eliminate them from society. And I just don't agree with that. Yeah, I... I'm a little bit... Depending on what yeah. it is, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. No, nah, I'm not saying. If it's that egregious, yeah, they need to be going. Because gone. as much as... And Jared, you could say this or not. I very much think sexual assault or rape or anything like that is much worse I than agree. if I were oh. to literally on, on on this right now call you the N-word. No, no, like, no, that no. would be no, no, that'd horrible. Be, that'd be absolutely terrible, yeah. but, but that... The dwarves in comparison. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, for sure. If I call you that word, that would worse, that probably ruins our friendship. Mm-hmm. You move out. If that happens, if a woman is assaulted, yes. that will ruin her life Listen, most likely. I have been, and I can tell you yeah. that it's something that changes your life forever. So I can say, yeah. you know, 100%, yes, um, I agree with you. And it really does depend on it. That's. I just wanted to add that is I don't want to just lump me too yeah. fully in right. with. No, yeah, no, 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 no. They, they I was are just different. Using that as an but the, 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 I guess that kind of was the beginning, though, of like that the super woke culture of as soon as someone does one thing bad, you mm-hmm. just dismiss everything they might have done or are doing, or mm-hmm. regardless of what their intentions are and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we should talk about that for one of our future episodes. Sure. With the Me Too movement and just sort of how that's going on. Sure. Because it would be fun to talk about Ravi Zacharias. Hmm. I don't know if you know who that is. I know who he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just telling CJ about him today. That's just, just breaks your heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, trying to talk about white privilege this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the definition last time. I actually looked up the definition this okay. time. Okay. All right. Uh, just dictionary.com. There we go. <laughs> uh, white privileges are the inherent advantages possessed by a white person on the basis of their race in a society characterized by racial inequality and injustice. So I, I think I think that last part is also kind of important because like white privilege doesn't nearly exist in other countries where there are effectively no black people and the black people that are there have like fully assimilated like France. Mm-hmm. Like I remember that being a big thing. Uh, I don't remember. You might remember there is a late night talk show host who is black, who is making fun of the France, the, the French soccer team who won a world cup or something. And he's like, Oh yes, they're French. Look at that black guy. And then that black guy and that black guy. And someone like responded as like, okay, we're not America, like, we're French, they aren't black, they aren't white, they're just all French. Mm-hmm. Uh, where in America, we are first white, black, Irish, German, uh, Middle Eastern, right? Uh, Russian, Japanese, Asian, whatever, all the different words. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a big part of the key thing, is that this is a very unique concept that doesn't exist as nearly as many other places as it does in America. May I interject? It's because we do have an awesome country. As, as difficult as it is, we do have an awesome country. Yeah, we're a giant melting pot. That welcomes exactly. everyone yeah. here. And, and um, so other, I think other that's Other countries why. wish we had the problems they, that, that we have, just because, I mean, it's obviously terrible, but yeah. I mean the sense of right. we've been more welcoming than every other country. Exactly. All the other countries just kick right. those people out. Or, the, or, or they just or, don't allow them to come in. Or, or it's, it's yeah. either you either become like us or you die or right. they kick you out. Or right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like a very special case over here that, you know, Americans, of course, but it's you still have, it. there is no one... Of like 
race that defines America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So I know you said this was a new topic for you. I got really introduced to this when I was doing my undergrad because I had to take a class on racism. Hmm. And right around that time, I was actually being interviewed for a job and I was in the interview process and then it was for like a Sam's Club or something. And this was one of the first times I think I ever questioned whether or not I really did have privileges just because I was white. And it was because this person was interviewing me and they just had all these assumptions about how hardworking I was. Really? Uh, and it was part of it because they saw my GPA. Mm. I, I had a 4.3 GPA in high school. Uh, that's still really good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is. Uh, but know. at the same time, just because you're good at schoolwork doesn't tra necessarily translate to how hardworking you are at other things. Right. Mm -hmm. And this person was saying like, oh, yeah, you're so much more hardworking. You should see his room. <laughs> I resemble that <laughs> remark. <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. Yeah, his... <laughs> His bedroom looked nothing like his GPA. Let me just say that. Uh, okay. Oh, Sorry. Wow. Shots fired. Dang. Shots yeah. She's calling me out. Fired. I did. Uh, but yeah, no, effectively this interviewer was talking about like, oh yeah, you're like, you're so much a hard worker. You're blah, 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 blah. And kind of was like, you're not like these other people here. Well, I was the only white person there. Everyone else was black. Mm. And I kind of, my first question was like, Maybe I'm the only one with the GPA of over 4.0. Like, mm -hmm. that's very possible because that's not very common. Yeah. But at the same time, the other other factor that's really se separating us is the fact that I was white and they were all black. And, like, I was overweight at this time. This was going to be, like, a warehouse kind of job. It's like, why would you assume, like, and all these, none of these black kids are, oh, yeah, in my head they're kids now because we're all, like, 18. Uh but none of them were like out of shape. They all looked like totally normal, like young men, late teens. And so it was like, why would you assume I would be the automatic better fit here? Like there's something weird or off here. Mm -hmm. And then later as I was in this class, it really kind of clicked in my head. And I think that's one of the first times I really recognized white privilege. I ended up not getting that job. But that was for another story for another time. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Is white privilege the opposite of like racism? In I, a sense? I think it's the opposite of systemic racism. Of systemic yeah. racism. Okay. Yeah. All right. Where it would be the benefits that we get because that we're white. I, I, I want to just give you this example. It's kind of similar to yours in that, but this is like, this is early 80s. So this is, you know, 40 years ago. And I was in Montgomery Wards and the lady in front of me was a black gal and she was paying for, this is before you know, cell phones and all that kind of stuff. So you either paid cash or check, basically. Um, you could have credit card, but whatever. Um, but anyway, she was writing a check. And so she was asked for, like, all these forms of ID and everything. Wow. That's crazy. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I get up there, I write a check. She didn't ask me for anything. <laughs> and it really yeah. bothered me yeah. because I walked away from that'll, that, like, it. recognizing that that was just wrong. So I guess I would look at that, okay, that was racist, not that I had white privilege. And that's why I asked that question. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th I think it's kind of similar to the, uh, the stereotype of the, oh, time for a random selection for a uh, random inspection for a bomb at the airport. And they always do that to the Middle Eastern people. Mm hmm. Like for like the decade oh, no. following 9-11. Oh, no. I, I'm, I get selected, too. Just so Oh, you know. I know. I, I remember the times you've been, you and dad have been selected. You guys got <laughs> real upset. There is one time I remember dad saying, is mom about to get arrested? Because we had kids with us. Yeah, right. it's like, uh, it's ridiculous. But no, I know. But anyway. I mean, the stereotype yes. is, is that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we're talking about, is there any comments you want, like any initial things you want to say about white privilege? Or do you want to kind of get straight into some of the questions I have? I think it's very subtle in terms of, or it can be subtle. 
sometimes it's more overt than others, but it's a very subtle form of just benefit. And yeah. like you were saying, how it it's how you benefit from systemic racism. Yeah, and I think this was actually a, for a, a, for somewhat me and you and Dad have talked about this a button and some uh, a, a but no a bit, and that's something you guys struggled <laughs> with a little bit when I talked with you because, like, Dad didn't grow up with means. Dad no. grew up pretty poor. I didn't either. You didn't either. <laughs> uh, you guys have both had to work your butt off for everything mm-hmm. you've earned. So yeah. when someone comes up to you and says you you have privilege it's kind of almost insulting because it's like yes. saying you did not work for anything that you got. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And so uh, that, that's, I think also another aspect of kind of being cautious as we talk about right privilege, not because I would say I was born far more privileged than you guys were obviously. Oh, totally. And so I think you guys have experienced a lot less white privilege than I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true. And so I just kind of, kind of balancing that off is there's not one absolute amount of white privilege that white people experience. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and I think vice versa, because uh, this kind of goes into our first question. Mm-hmm. Well, can uh, I just say, I, I think, thank you for saying that, Jared, because I think that subtlety is why yeah. I never even thought about white privileged and why Pam probably asked to talk about white privilege, because yeah. this is a new concept for many of us, especially as older people. Now, you yeah. had it in, in class, but I really do think... And, and, and frankly, I have to say that it's insulting because it's almost like saying the N-word to me. Mm. Uh, before you go further, I'm well, going to say do not ever compare that to being called uh, the N-word. Okay, I know. There's hundreds of years compared listen, to that. No, 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 no. I'm just using that as an example. Uh, I, I'm yeah. not saying really, but I'm saying it's, it's very offensive to just say yeah. I have white privilege because it's for the reasons you just said. Let's just say that versus No, the no, no. And, and I get that. I was, I was just being careful. Be careful right. of your comparison. It's, it's, a, it's, a yeah. it's the same thing when we talked about uh, Gina Castellano or oh, Cast- whenever mm-hmm. she compared the conservatives right. uh, it was a similar kind to of the comparison. Holocaust. But yeah. I still, <laughs> but see, I still support her in that because, and, and I still support Trump and some of the things that he said where he was challenged. It's like, it's just a point of reference. Don't take it literally. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's a comparison. You're also not the person that it's being compared to. That's mm-hmm. why, so sometimes it might be not, you might not be fully realizing it, uh, what that's saying. Cause I get what you're saying in my head. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but I've never been in Jared's shoes. Exactly. So I don't want to just assume. Yeah, on that. I understand. But the same. So like, I would, I would qualify like, you might find it similar to like how would Jared how would you feel like if I said this like I would just be a little more careful about how I (laughs) said some comparisons well what am I I love you but it's like phrasing but I'm never careful so it's yeah I know I I know it's that's why me and you butt had so much yes we've actually been very tame on this podcast see I can't be Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, let's go into one of my first questions. So this is a bit of a story that traces back almost a year, about back to the time around the George Floyd stuff. There was a girl that all three of us know who uh, kind of became very outspoken about her own situation uh, as being half black, half white, mm-hmm. and talking about how her struggles were with prejudice and how she's been oppressed and how she's had her safety at risk and all these things. And my head... When I first heard this, I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And this will sound very superficial, but I mean, I think she's legitimately the prettiest girl I've ever known in my real life. Like in, like in real life, not, I'm not saying like supermodels or anything. I'm just like the prettiest girl I've ever had as a friend I've yeah, known. She went right. to like my church 
And in my head is, why would anyone ever be prejudiced towards her? Everyone's going to immediately start treating her better because she's very gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And because I come from the opera perspective, I've always been kind of overweight. I'm not the most handsome man in the world, despite my mother and no, my, my ground, <laughs> despite them saying so. And my head, just coming from that opposite perspective, it's like, well, where do you balance these things? How do you balance someone who is white, who might be born with white privileges like me? Because like I was born with privileges, but I'm also overweight. Girls have always not founded me too attractive. Mm. Uh, I'm not, not super appealing to the eye. And I can be a little bit awkward, especially when I was younger, compared to someone who is black and they were born with some of the risks of being black in America, but they might have been born super attractive or super fit or maybe super wealthy. Uh, like, how do you balance those things? Like, how where where do you navigate? How do you navigate the nuance? Because it's not like everyone's going to be crisp, uh, clear cut. Everyone's right. going to be different. Yeah. So without a doubt, it it's not so much what you experience; it's how other people experience you. If that makes sense. So, like, speaking for for me, for instance, like, even though growing up, my mom had her own struggle. She was ba- she was a single mother, basically raising us by herself, uh, working full time, so we hardly saw her. But because of that, we got to a point where she was able to send us to the private school that where I met Brian for the yeah. very first time. <laughs> and so, in terms of, like, we were pretty well off as a family, um, but when it came to situations where I would say, Hey, I'm going to hang out with these people. And they're like, okay, just recognize that you can't always do what they do. So mm-hmm. like if they say, Hey, let's go egg this person's house. And like, Oh yeah. While, while yeah. like, you know, they might, might shake their head at a bunch, like shake their fists at a bunch of white kids going like you crazy kids. The second they see like a black kid involved, they're like, okay, this is more malicious mm-hmm. type thing. You know, you saying that actually just gave me a huge flashback to when I was in fifth grade. There's a family that my mom, sorry, I wasn't on my Mac right there. There is a, this is a story from when I was in fifth grade. This is a family that my parents do not like talking about because they thought it was a great idea to let a bunch of fifth and fourth graders to go out TPing at one in the morning. Uh, <laughs> these are attorneys, by the way. Yeah, these were, these were, these were attorneys. This was a very wealthy family who had yeah. some influence. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I love the dude to death, uh, but going back to that night, we went teepeeing and I think we, I don't think we egged any houses, but we went teepeeing for sure. And on our way back, there was, cause they live in a cul-de-sac, there was a police officer in his car just opposite side the cul-de-sac. Well, we were out, by the time we were coming back, it was like two in the morning. Well, what a, a cops are definitely going to pull us over. And when I think about that memory I have, there is a, there is a, a group of us, there was one black kid named Devin, mm-hmm. uh, when I think about it, I remember him and me being the only ones who went and like went and dove in the grass to try and get cover. The other kids just walked right up or ran up and the cops noticed him and the cop noticed him and did nothing. Yeah. But me and the only one black kid were like, Oh crap, there's a cop there. Let's like let's make sure we're not seen. <laughs> it's just you two were the smartest kids. <laughs> <ever. laughs> and I think I think that too. I but mean, I, seriously. I, but I think part of it is because uh, we've talked a bit about uh, when I say the talk, we had, remember we've had this conversation before. Right, right? When yeah. I say the talk, the talk for black people would be, would you the racism talk? Yeah. yeah, talking about like how to handle a cop or things mm-hmm. like that. And if someone 
where we said, okay, Sam Brian, it's time for you to have the talk. It's the birds and the bees. And my dad did give me a talk about but how to- But he had the same talk with yeah, you. Yeah, but it wasn't right. the talk. And so it's like in a sense of prominence almost. Yeah. Mm. And I think more um, than anything white privilege, it comes from perception. So even if you are born as a white person without means, like you you live in a trailer park or anything, people will automatically assume things about you that they w- just won't assume for someone else of a different race mm-hmm. in that same exact circumstance in the same exact circumstance because i'm sure if you had like candace owens compared to some trailer park white trash someone's gonna side with candace owens because she's like well educated and right i'm yeah. gonna side with candace owens most because <laughs> so you, know. you really like her i love her and i'm hoping she runs yes. her office yeah, yeah you've actually really is, liked her for a oh, long time i have mm-hmm. shanna's the one that got me onto her and hmm. it's like yeah, I remember. I, I remember the first her. thing you told me about her was that uh, she was asked about her dream job or something a decade ago, and she said to be the NFL commissioner. Yep. Commissioner, and I was like, No, that's not that's not her. Was that's, that? That's, oh, that was Condoleezza Rice. Yes, Condoleezza I'm, Rice. Oh, well, that's now that's racist yes. of me. I just mix up the only two black female politicians I know. Love Condi too. <laughs> We're on a first name basis. Sorry. I guess that's probably because I I see a lot of comments from uh, Candace Owens on my Instagram. I almost never see anything of Condoleezza Rice. Mm. Well, uh, I mean, she's George W. Bush, so I mean, she's like twenty years ago. So that, then that explains why I haven't seen anything. The, right, yeah. yeah, she's been <laughs> out, out of, of the politics for a long time. Jared, I just want you to ask talk you about how, how a graceful lady. How does it feel to have someone be racist real time with you? Can you mix up the only two black politicians? Black politicians. It is, it is an know? experience. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry to anyone who's listening. Uh, I feel so terrible. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I make mistakes. I'm, At I'm least imperfect. They both began with a C. Yeah, I mean, you you, you have that. <laughs> okay, I feel a little bit less racist now. <laughs> uh, okay. So, I uh, another question talking about white privilege. So, if we're born with privilege, like me and my mom say we have privilege because we were born white, uh, what can we do as white people to potentially like uh, stop the negative effects of white privilege? As well as like, like, or maybe per se, say like, we're born with privileges. How can we use those privileges to elevate other people into having similar privileges? Mm. Kind of like, what can we do with the assumed privileges we do have to actually better things instead of just use them for ourselves, if that makes sense? Yeah. So it's definitely one of those things where it's more of a case by case basis. When you see like white privilege being like enacted and it, it's something like I said at the very beginning it's very subtle so you, you might not always catch it but doing your best to like recognize it yeah is a is a start in the right direction just being able to recognize when it's happening is the first step and then doing your best to not necessarily avoid it but to use it to your advantage like when it comes to policies or things that per kind of play into white privilege to be able to look at that and say, okay, well that needs to change. Okay. So I have to step in. First of all, I'm not going to say you, your statement. I don't agree with you. What did I say? Something about like you and I acknowledge white privilege or something like that. And I want to say, I, I, I still see it differently. And so when I talk about the example of the person that was standing there, the black person who had to provide the ID and I didn't Mm -hmm. at the, at the counter, to me, that isn't that that it's white privilege. It was the person behind the counter was racist. Mm. So I think, okay. and I would say okay. that I, generally I, yeah. speaking, that's how I feel about most things. That, that, I'm not yeah, saying there okay. isn't systemic racism because that's 
evident as I look at examples of, of systemic racism. I think, um, for example, how things are made and everything, it's all based upon a white person mm, making okay. the decisions on behalf of all cultures and in America. Okay. And it's like, okay, that that's wrong, you know, but again, I would say from my perspective, um, like, for example, in, in our, when I worked in um, the, the assessor clerk recorder's office, you know, a big portion of our population is Hispanic, mm-hmm. and we offered um, everything in English and Spanish, and so we weren't happy enough with having one person uh, interpret all of the information. We literally had a team of Hispanic people interpreting because there's so many different dialects and everything like that. So I take that seriously because you don't want people to, you know, misinterpret what it is that you're saying. So again, getting back to that. So I just want to be clear that I'm not sure I see this a lot as white privilege. And again, I'm not denying that it it doesn't exist, but because I think it comes down to the policy. So as soon Mm -hmm. as you said policies, that's what kind of tricked in my head. I'm like, if their policy was, you require ID, then you require it of everybody. If their policy right. is you don't require ID, then you don't require it of anybody. And so the fact that she treated us differently to me told me she was racist because mm. yeah. I'm sure she had, they had a policy. I, I can't believe that they, that it was a racist policy. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, I yeah. think she was racist. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't necessarily yeah. think that's maybe a wrong view. I think there's probably some people who would go out and say, well, you're just ignorant if you said that. But I think there's like that. I think that's fairly accurate. That, but a lot fair. of, a lot of yeah. white privileges aren't necessarily the benefits that we get are because people are racist towards someone else. Sorry. Yeah. I just bumped into your papers. Well, did you, did you want to elaborate on your story that, that you, you didn't finish your story that you were talking about the beautiful young gal? Right. Oh yeah. Later, I I was curious about what she thought, just because I, she's also very outspoken. Uh, and one of the things she told me was that the big difference is safety. That if you had two people, uh, regardless of background, a lot of times the black person's going to be less safe. Like they're going to have more, be more, more potentially in danger regarding uh, situations, especially like police. Whereas regarding someone who's white, like sure, someone may be like us, they had to say it's like you and dad, they had to work for everything they got. And then someone else, comparison to someone who's rich and black, if it's a cop just handling both of you, uh, they might still have the more additional potential dangers of assumed racism and stuff in the cop and be more of a, view them as more of a risk and therefore see them as more of a danger and then their safety is less mm-hmm. compared to the white person who... They might not have been born with privileges, but one of the privileges they get is the cop assumes less about them. You know, what's ironic here is that um, I've never had an issue with cops. I have friends that are cops, and I never, like, I never had a fear for a cop. I've always seen cops doing the right thing. Like, I've always seen them actually go above and beyond, and so that's my experience, with one exception. Early 80s, driving on the 60 freeway, I get pulled over for going 62 miles an hour when mm-hmm. it was 55 black cop he was the rudest the worst cop i had ever he was gonna take me in because i challenged him i said people were passing me he goes you want me to take you in like he had such an Uh, attitude yeah and so honestly i thought he was racist Mm. i thought he's just doing this to this white girl in this 84 trans am because that's what i had and i honestly i really felt that way to to essentially break it down into like a way that 
Sorry, I went Sorry. off. No, that's fine. To essentially break it down to like a way that it makes sense. So say, for instance, you have to start, it It kind of goes into like a butterfly effect okay. type thing. Yeah. So you have two people who are applying for a high paying position. You have one person who like they have the exact same resume, but you have one person who's white and you have one person who's black. So they hire the white person. And while that act may like be more racist, it trickles down into like now that this white person's making a whole bunch, all this money, they're able to move in this nicer neighborhood, and now their family benefits from that privilege or that outright racist type thing where you have, uh, say, for instance, the same person who doesn't get hired, so they have to take like this lower position. And it's just, it, it starts with the racist act and then it boils down to and it trickles down throughout everything. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I do have to say, so my experience in this area is quite different. You know, again, working in county government, and we welcomed all diversities. And as I said, our, our department was quite diverse. And while affirmative action wasn't was actually in place in my early career, but then it was outlawed. Um, but even when it was outlawed, we really still kind of, like, kept the spirit of it. Like, our... We always wanted to hire the best person for the job, period. Like, and, and I think most yeah. people always want to do that. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you, all being equal, we would always hire the black person. Always. Under every circumstance, Racist. we would hire. I'm well, just joking. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I actually felt uncomfortable with it because, like, to do it like all the time, like because I felt like it was racist. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was. It, yeah, no, that makes because sense. Because affirmative a, action yeah. is racist in it in its It comes from a a wanting to be diverse. So yeah. when mm -hmm. you have two people who go for like say the same scenario, where you have two people mm -hmm. going through the same interview with the same qualifications, and you're in a company that's for the most part majority white, you they'll default to the, like, if it's mm -hmm. not for, like, the white person, they'll mm -hmm. default to the black person just to add diversity. Mm -hmm. And that's what they'll default to mm -hmm. because if not, then there's this, not only why are there no more, why are there no black people working here, but mm -hmm. then there's the potential of getting called out for it. It's like you need to diversify your your staff mm -hmm. and i think that's and, where it came yeah. unfortunately i don't feel like we ever had to i think we got really good qualified candidates and we were able to make good choices right. but i just have to say this one thing so the 30 years i know i've said a lot of things but you know, you know, this, said a lot this of last things. things that i know but <laughs> but in my 30 years um working in that in that department the last fifth the last 15 of those years i worked primarily um over the clerk recorder's office or in the clerk recorder's office. And so I inherited this, again, diverse staff and everything. And the best employee I ever had, Lisa, she did everything. Like when I would ask her, when she would do a project or whatever, she would always give me exactly what I wanted. Like she was like the only person I think that I could say that always delivered well, I always encouraged her to go back and get her education. She went back and got her education, and she just recently became the assistant department head, the same job that I had. That's actually I'm cool. Me, it makes yeah. me want to cry because she was awesome, and yeah. she did that. You were kind of a mentor to her. Yeah. yeah that's really awesome. 
when I saw her a couple years ago at an event, she attributed that to me because I believed in her and like she was so awesome, but you needed to have the education yeah. in order. Yeah. That was like a minimum qualification. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm just saying, it's like she was the best employee I ever had. Thank you for sharing that, Mama. Yeah. She was great. And she will be like so much better than I was. Like truly, <laughs> you probably didn't expect to see her cry this episode. <laughs> no, it's it's a welcoming thing because it it shows a vulnerability that yes, you know, someone yeah. you really care for. Yeah, yeah. I just love that girl. Uh, I did have I technically had two last questions uh, before we start going to some verse stuff. Uh, one. These are these can both be kind of shorter, uh, and these are again are kind of more focused on Jared. You can speak into them too if you want, because you because you probably <laughs> will. <laughs> uh, one of them, and this is more focused again on white privilege and more not just white privilege but racism in general. Mm-hmm. There is like a lot of times when we've gone on media, we talked about before on the in this podcast how charged it can be, how biased and how divisive and everything. And in my experience because I understand the arguments of both sides because I was grown up. I went to the same high school. We went to that super private high school that was very conservative. Yeah. Then I learned a lot of stuff in undergrad that was like, Oh, that's, this is their thought process. And the way I've encountered it is a lot of people will just say, mom, you're ignorant and you're racist. And then they don't explain why Mm -hmm. they just say, you're ignorant racist because you hate black people. And I was like, well, how do I, how do I hate black people? How do I, it's, and it's almost like how when you encounter someone who says white privilege doesn't exist, when even like my mom's talking about a little bit like right now, she doesn't she she thinks it's more of racism towards someone else rather than something she benefits from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you would say that's that kind of accurate, I, I would say that's accurate because I really don't believe that we all look with that lens. I mean, to me, my experience has been I truly like if I'm hiring somebody, I want the best person for the job. I don't really care what color they are yeah. because you know what results you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and so even personally, whatever. And it's so I we it's like dad and I, we really try like never to see race. Like why would that lens be there? That yeah. doesn't yeah, make sense because it's giving, lessening ourselves. It's basically yeah. giving people like not to say that it's true for all people. You're basically giving people the benefit of the doubt and you're, and, and in all honesty, it's overestimating some people because some people are, will just act like that regardless of w- how you say, well you, well, you may think, like, how can someone act like that? That's just kind of how they are. Yeah, so kind of getting to my question, it's, I, you might have answered it and I just misunderstood, uh, but it's like uh, when someone or someone say, say they're white and they don't understand, like, this kind of conversation, like, wh- what's the best way to kind of reach out to them or should, like, Black people or other people who like believe in these should be uh, like wait until they reach out to us. Like, how should we go about that conversation? Because all I know is that when you just yell at people, call them racist and offensive, and say every they're because they're white, they're in the wrong. Even if that was a hundred percent true, that's still not the way you would go about telling someone that. Yeah, they're, go- they're gonna <laughs> like, want to. That's shut literally down. that's literally the worst. Like the only thing that happens is you react stronger back. Exactly. So it's like, how would you go about? Like, would it be kind of like this? Just sit down, have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I think it involves the conversation and just bringing up the facts of things and not just automatically screaming at people. Yeah. Because funny enough, me and my mom we disagree when it comes to political issues all the time. Like, uh, she was one of the people who who voted for Trump and like when we would talk about it and she would give me her reasons why 
I like well it's you're you're disregarding his character which you taught us is so important yeah. and so it was like this back and forth it, but it required a sit down conversation where we basically had to go through and examine okay well why do you think that is the way that it is and so when it comes to white privilege you have to have that same kind of conversation and not just say okay well I say white privilege does exist and that's final. You have to give them examples that they'll be able to see. Yeah. Can I, can I just add something I wanted to share with Jared and I really haven't shared this with you, but when one of the first times you came here, um, years ago, Mm -hmm. you visited, you were here meeting the guys or whatever. And I was watching something on the Hallmark channel and you said, Oh, my mom watches the Hallmark channel all day long. And when, she, when you said that, you know, I thought about it and I thought, boy, she must be conservative because, like, <laughs> seriously, I, th- yeah. I thought that because it's like, that's one thing. And, and Hallmark is really working on trying to, mm-hmm. to change that, but they haven't been very diverse. I mean, pretty much yeah. is always oh, absolutely, white. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And, mm-hmm. and so, so they have been working on that, but that kind of struck me when you said that. And I thought, you know, how awful that must be for her to be like she likes it because she it, it's the content that she likes but she's mm-hmm. never seeing a black person on there another minority or anybody where it would just i don't yeah. know i would think and, and if when, i was her it and would be when they are it's typically a token it's yeah. right it's, not a lead character it's not a lead right. character yeah. it's a oh right. here's the main guy's black friend who's right. super cool and you like exactly. him and that's the extent and it's of like to character. me that is racist right yeah. there right yeah like the super wise like yeah. sassy character right yeah. right what's what's the uh what's the uh uh, she goes by Shirley on Community, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember my favorite quote? What's the when they're filming the the commercial, and the what, and the white dean is trying to say like you should be more happy, angry, <laughs> <laughs> and she goes and she says, uh, "Oh yeah, yeah." Ella, I said the word he's looking for is sassy. <laughs> you better pray you don't find it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just it just I always thought that was one of the funniest things ever. That just funny. just the mm-hmm. using the stereotype to kind of subvert like yeah, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I kind of lost track of what we were talking about for a little bit. We were talking about the conversation. Yeah, uh, a quick little second co- uh, question for that. Is there ever a point you should almost like maybe give up on that conversation? Like is there like how much someone being overtly offensive or dismissive of you should like make you kind of almost give up on that person or like how much should be you reaching out to them or us reaching out to that person who doesn't understand? It, it's a, it's a two way street. It's a give and take type thing. And as much as I would love for like the perception to change, I can't be responsible for yeah. educating every single person because that, <laughs> absolutely. Would that would take forever and that's a an absolute years. nightmare. Yeah, that would take, that would take <laughs> so long. And so it, it requires some give and take where, you know, when stuff like the protests with George Floyd comes up mm-hmm. and, you know, if you have questions or opinions, ask about it. And mm-hmm. especially when Definitely. it comes to something that's racially charged like that, it's fine to have your own opinions about it, but at least like, start to have those conversations with mm-hmm. people outside of who think like you. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And I think you could say that both ways, right? Like, yeah. uh, especially if like, if you also believe what you believe, one of the, like, if you want to defend your perspective, at least like you can't learn how to defend your beliefs or know what you're actually mm-hmm. saying. If you're not co- talking with other people who believe differently. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like one of the best things that someone said to me is like, you know, 
you know something when you're able to teach it to someone. And I think mm, it's the yeah. same thing. You know, you know something when you're able to explain it to someone. For some reason, I feel like I said that to you, but I feel like the way you just said that it wasn't me. <laughs> I actually say that decently often to at least to when I'm subbing and teaching. Mm. Sorry, that was <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. You're trying good. to plug myself there. Let's see how smart Brian is. <laughs> words of wisdom coming from Brian. Uh, <laughs> Jared, thank you so much for being with us today. I did have one last uh, question, and this is potentially the most controversial of all of all them all. Because mm. uh, he's uh, saving the best for I'm last. Saving, I'm saving the biggest and baddest for last. Uh, hopefully, we don't take too long. Because <laughs> it's already at 40 minutes again. Uh, so thank you for patiently listening. Oh, I hope you guys yeah. are enjoying this conversation. Absolutely. It's awesome. Uh, but uh, there's, uh, during like the big part of the Black Lives Matter movement, of course, there's like the resistance to someone saying all lives matter, and we kind of touched on that. But there's also accusations of black people being racist themselves. And not even necessarily towards white people. Uh, there's been a lot of accusations about anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of dismissed now because the most recent violence against Asians were by white people. But like whenever COVID started, I was reading a lot of stuff about how a lot of black people were actually the ones who are most racist towards the Asian community mm-hmm. whenever uh, the pandemic started, as if to say like it was all the Asian people's fault. Uh, so it's there's kind of almost accusations of black people being racist. Like how do you navigate that conversation as well as like, those uh, accusations, because I mean, like, if you don't know who Louis Louis, Louis Farrakhan or Louis Farrakhan, if you don't know who he is, he is someone who is definitely downright racist. He hates Jews. He hates white spe- white people. He, Uh-oh. if he could, he would kill us all. He's been compared to Hitler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think I've talked a bit a bit about him, but but there's that's he's an extreme example. Mm-hmm. Like, not all black people are definitely obviously not like him. Right, right. But there's still some who like have those accusations. Like I remember talking to you about this when Deshaun Jackson, an NFL wide receiver uh, was accused of being anti-Semitic this last year. Mm-hmm. A few other players uh, like uh, when he was accused of it, were like, Hey, everyone just shut up. Like we're talking about black lives matter. We're talking about why we matter. Don't we don't bring in other, like our racism into this. And then you have <laughs> like, you have that. And then, I love him to death. There's a NFL player on the Steelers, Zach Banner, who is like the only person to say like, what the heck guys, this is like, you can't just say kill the Jews. That is super suit. Like (laughs) that is no way that is ever. Uh, but these are, this is kind of an extreme example. Right. Uh, but at the same time, it's a lot of times when I've looked into this conversations, a lot of black people don't want to talk about that. They want to focus more on their own struggles as a community but I also feel like how can you expect everyone else to stop being racist towards you if your own community will still be racist towards other people? So it's like, how do you kind of navigate all this? Mm. This I just gave you a whole lot. So <laughs> no. feel free to pick and choose what you talk about. No, it's, it's fine. So um, more than anything, it's obviously like, Race, like we've said it so many times, but racism is wrong. <laughs> regardless, <laughs> regardless of who it's coming from, it's it's terrible and it's wrong. Um, when you're dealing with this particular topic, it's it's something that I've still tried to figure out how to navigate. And um, like people just have certain assumptions about others. And there was this comment saying that you know black people can't be racist, but that's racism right there (laughs) and so like by its very definition you're belittling one race and raising it above your your like raising your own above it and so 
navigating it is a very touchy subject, especially when you're trying to bring up when all this is combined, like you're talking about what's happening currently versus yes. with what this glaring issue that it that like the black community tends to have. Um, like it, it's a, it, you have to bring it up in the most delicate way possible. And can, can I just add to that? I think we talked a little bit about this before the podcast started, I think, but, um, the whole concept and in a similar vein, another thing that pe- that we don't seem to talk about whether black communities don't want to talk about it or whether, you know, white media doesn't want to talk about it is but the black on black crime. I mean, we're always hearing about Chicago and how every oh, weekend yeah. 60 or 70, you know, mm-hmm. uh, young kids or people are being murdered. And um, it would seem to me that the most effective way to deal with that would be within your community, within the black community, I should say, in terms of like enough is enough. Okay, people, we need to, you know, yeah. We need to do better. And, and I remember... Like, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm just, I just want to say one more thing. I remember the one person who actually addressed this was Bill Cosby about mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Do you mm-hmm. remember this? And yeah. I'm like, when he said it, I was like applauding him, thanking him. But then look what happened to him. And so yeah, it's kind of like right. he lost all moral credibility. Yeah. And yeah. so it's really sad to me that that happened to him because of that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. because I thought he it's, was finally, you know, speaking out against it. Yeah. Right. But but still, just because someone has a obviously super super terrible moral failure doesn't mean other things they say aren't I, true. I, I don't disagree, uh, but I'm just saying that te- people then would tend to. Well, one of like, my one of my Bible references is going to be like that too. Okay. It seems like there is this. It goes back, and it's it basically boils down to this long running feud between black people because there's there's a tendency in these lower income areas where you're dealing with a lot of gangs. Mm. And yeah. mm. uh, it traces back that the only thing that can really get people to come together is when someone outside of the the black community kills one of the black community. Mm. It's it's one it of those draws things, you closer. Yeah, it draws together. you closer okay. together. That makes sense. It's, it's okay. the only thing that seems to unite them. And it's one of those things where you know, as a sibling, I yes. pick on my sisters all the time. Yes. But when someone else does it, That's it, right. it, yeah. it, that it makes, you are yeah. absolutely right. Sense. Blood is thicker than water. Exactly. Yes. And so, yes. um, yes. like these groups mm-hmm. may not like each other, but, mm-hmm. um, and that goes back to like the, the war on drugs and, mm-hmm. you know, the oh, yeah. gentrification of certain areas where black people were like forced to leave because these areas were starting to become more and more like expensive to live. And so they huddled to these areas and, the, you know, the war on drugs, it like the gangs were made to protect the community because cops were too busy, like finding drugs and doing everything that was possible to stop it. And then you had these different differing ideals in terms of how to handle things. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it created this this feud that's lasted for so long. But like I was saying, it's kind of one of those sibling things where it's like mm-hmm. you can you can mess with them. But don't let anyone else do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can yeah. relate to that. That makes total sense to me. Yeah. 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 
makes sense. <laughs> that's actually a really that's a that's a really good metaphor, Jared. My pre- my preaching, yeah, my yeah, I don't know what I just said. My preaching professor <laughs> would have loved you because you're just coming up with all these good metaphors, and comparisons, and he just got so frustrated with our class sometimes. <laughs> like, how could you guys not think of a single comparison? It's like none whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Anyways, as I think we're winding down, did anyone you guys have any final thoughts before I started kind of sharing with some uh, more scriptural stuff, how we can uh, take this, what we talked about today and do a little bit more with it? I would just say, I, I think we need to have more conversations like this absolutely, in a reasonable manner. Um, and, and, and don't be a hypocrite and don't come forward and pretend to be somebody you're not. Like if you (laughs) have been racist or experienced racism, I mean, speak about it openly and honestly, because I mean, come on, we just, we're all adults here. Right. And so we need to be honest about it because you know, conflict. Okay. I'm, I'm one of these weird people that like conflict. Okay. And what I mean by that, what I mean by that, (laughs) Is when you have the conflict, that's the first step in being able to improve the situation. I see. You just got way louder than you've been all night for some reason. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I just found it really funny. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so and and so that reason. So I'm just saying that be honest and and address. Yeah, um, that's really good. Reality. Yeah, don't 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 sugarcoat it. Yeah, don't don't hide who you are. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's no point in doing. Don't that's don't what deny the politicians who you do. Let's yeah. not do what the politicians do. Let's, let's be, be better. real. Exactly. Let's be Especially better. Especially if we follow Jesus, let's be united. Yes. Let's be honest Absolutely. about what we did. Absolutely. Uh, Jared, totally. did you have any final thoughts about white privilege? Um, nope. That was pretty much. Oh, there. <laughs> it's all, it's all good. Don't <laughs> worry. That, that, he found yeah, himself that was pretty too. much all I wanted to talk about. Like we we brought some really interesting points and. I enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, cool. Will Will um, you come back in the future if we oh, have some absolutely. other topics? Yeah. Awesome, that'd be that'd awesome. Be uh, so one of the last things like we always like to do is share some scriptural stuff. Uh, the last this week and last week aren't as prominent. Normally, spend several minutes on it. Uh, this week, though, I have a couple verses for you guys. There's Genesis three twenty eight. A lot of times, this is used out of context, and it's meant to say like, "See, we're all just the same." But it's really, uh, and I'll say the verse. There's neither Jew nor Greek. Uh, nor slave nor free, nor is there male nor female for you all one in Christ Jesus. A lot of people will use that to say, see, we're all just all the same. But what it's really saying is that we're all united as one despite our differences. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like Jared's not black. It's, it's not like divine. you aren't a boomer. It's not like I'm not a white right. Christian male. But our ability to come down together and say, we all love Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're all parts of one. We all want to be good people. Mm-hmm. We all want to help others. We're all one community. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like the starting point. The finger is not the toe. Yeah. <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard that isn't. phrase before. Well, I'm just saying, it's like uh, I was thinking about it in terms of the body parts. It's like we all have a different function. We all have a different relationship, yeah. but we're all part of the same body. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, I had three other quick passages. One is First Samuel seven sixteen. God, uh, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Uh so if you're just focusing on race, like regardless of your view on it, know that God is always the one who's judging character. Like if you're talking mm-hmm. about MLK, uh, mm-hmm. was it this episode or last episode? Mm-hmm. God is always the one who's doing that in the best absolute way possible. Thank you, that Lord. Is, that is his entire mm-hmm. focus. Uh, and then there's two quick little parables. I'm not going to explain them thoroughly because that would take too long. Uh, but there's the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, uh, 14 through 30. That's Jesus comes and he gives a couple different servants different uh, amounts of talents or like wealth, and it's about what they do with it. Uh, 
and sort of going with, uh, regardless of how you feel about white privilege, we all have gifts that God's given us, whether that's white privilege or something else, whether you're black, white, orange, like Donald Trump, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, God has given you something to do with your life. Don't just throw it away or hide it. So it's like, say you do have white privilege, try and think of a way to use that for something good. If you don't have white privilege, try to think of whatever other gifts you might have to use for good. Uh, and then the last thing is Luke 16, 1 through 18. It's a very unpopular parable of Jesus because it's the parable of the unjust steward where Jesus praises an immoral man because he's very clever about his behavior. And effectively it's saying, regardless of your morality, like an immoral person is going to do the best for themselves they can because they're clever and they want to be able to have the best life they can. Well, likewise with us, if we are Christians, if we're united, like don't just kind of don't be dumb. Like it sounds like such a generic remark, but Jesus is saying like, guys, think through your actions. Think about what you're investing in. If you're someone who's hardcore into denying white privilege exists, like make sure you talk with some black people about it or talk with other look people. In yeah. The mirror. Yeah. yeah. Look in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus is saying to invest in our heavenly future. Don't get so caught up in our political conversations that we lose track of the fact that Jesus is ultimately the only one who could really unite us. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of just one I wanted to share from a biblical. Yeah. Biblical. Biblical. I just said it interesting four different ways. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can I just ask one other question now that you brought that up, but I wanted to ask Jared a question. Mm-hmm. I assume you have some black friends that are not Christians. Yes. Okay. So would they think differently about a lot of these things than you? Do you feel like your perspective as a Christian is maybe different than theirs? It definitely adds another layer in terms of doing my best to not just be the best like person I can be, but to expect that from other people. Mm-hmm. And so that when it comes like they're they may not be Christians, but they are still good people Mm -hmm. and so when it comes to these issues they they still line up up for majority on a lot of the same things okay okay yeah cool good no it's good to know because i wasn't sure if there was a distinction there at all yeah they might be more rough about it i think i just heard the doorbell okay i feel so confused now well (laughs) hey so we want to thank you so much for joining us thank you so much jared for being our special guest it's been so awesome having you here you're my real boo (laughs) thank you brian this has been a wonderful um episode and if you have any suggestions remarks comments please contact us by sending an email to realworldpod at gmail.com thank you so much for joining us today yeah thank you guys so much bye everyone